Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to talk a little football. Let's jump out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now, Cougar great Rob Morris on The Big Show. What's going on, Rob? How are you? I'm good, Jake. How are you doing? How are you, Gordon? Uh, Doing well. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for asking. You know, when it comes around to this time of year, on in any year, Rob, do you do you feel a little something for football? Do you do you miss it? Uh, how does that work? So the standard line I I give is, nah, I don't really miss it. I don't feel anything, and then I'll find myself home alone on a Monday night with nothing to do, <laughs> and I'll pull up the game, and I get a little nostalgic. But yeah, so, some days I do. You know, I it's uh it's it's interesting to watch with everything that's going on right now. So. It's it's been a fascinating year, and you know what I love? I actually love the part about I love you know we have this funny little text thread with me and Kalani and Aaron Roderick that we send back and forth and insult each other. So that's those are the things I love <laughs> that I miss. Now put yourself uh, in the in the place of one of these athletes going through this, Rob. Would you appreciate it? maybe this the schedule for BYU isn't uh, what it uh, as good as it was, of course? But would you appreciate the work uh, Tom Homo's done to get games scheduled so you could at least play? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think you know players want to play, right? And sometimes you know when we're young, what we think about is football, 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 and so. I think it's good to have uh, you know other people making those decisions, put, putting putting teams in front of them. You just want to play ball, right? And you've waited your whole life. A lot of these guys, or maybe it's your senior year, and and so it's tough. So I know you know there's a lot of back and forth. Should we be playing? Should we not be playing? But it seems like they've kind of figured out a way to do it safely. And so as a player, yeah, yeah, I think you just want to play. How frustrating would it be, Rob, to to have? Uh have one of BYU's better teams in recent years and to have that schedule fall away a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, BYU has looked really, really good. They've been very crisp in their execution and whatnot. But ultimately you have that same thing, people dragging along saying, yeah, but who are you playing? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it would be frustrated. Although, you know, if you win them all, you got to think that there's going to be an opportunity to to prove somewhat. You know, obviously, I don't know how the playoffs look this year, but that'd be a tough sell with, you know, with the schedule. But I think at this point, your goal is just to win them all and see what happens, right? And, and then you can feel good about that. Um, but yeah, it would it would be that that would be a tough one. Rob, the defense for the Cougs has looked really, really good, uh, and they've been really good up front. And as a result, I think the the linebackers have been given a boost to play really well. When when you're playing linebacker and the the defensive line is is gobbling up blocks and really playing well, how much easier does that make your job? Much easier, extremely, a lot easier. I mean, when you got some big guys up front, um, you know, there's nothing worse than just having someone who's much bigger than you have a free shot. And so I think, uh, you know, when you, when the guys in front of you play gap sound 
you know, the linebackers look good. And, you know, it's the same thing, the secondary guys, when the linebackers play well, they look good. It's all, you know, football is a game of assignments and of not making mistakes and stuff. I think what you see on the TV, this is what drives me crazy why I have a hard time watching it with, you know, the casual fan is you might see what looks like a misplay by the linebacker and it could have been a misplay up front or, you know, vice versa. So, so when you're front, uh, front four playing good, it really gives you a boost as one, but let you run around and just hit gut. So Rob, uh, have you watched Kyrus Tonga? I mean, does he look like an NFL guy to you? Because man, he looks powerful. Yeah, he uh, he does look like an NFL guy to me, and I think he looks like an uh, a, a NFL guy to my old agent too, who's constantly calling and texting me about <laughs> these guys. So, uh, you know, he's a monster, and, and uh, from what I understand, he can run. And you know, when you have that size and speed, and I mean, that's that's a rare size that that guy has right there. So, so it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how things go. Rob, I want to ask you about the difference in in playing linebacker at the college as opposed to the uh, to the NFL level, and I, I bring it up because there are a couple of guys that we watched here locally in, in uh, Fred Warner and Bobby Wagner, who we knew were good. I mean, they were great in college; they were great linebackers. But now in the NFL, we're talking about two of the best at that position. What's the what's kind of the connective tissue between being really good in college and and really great at the NFL level? Yeah, that's a great question because you'll get a lot of guys. Um, you, when you get when you get in the NFL, everyone can play, right? Everyone's a good athlete. Everyone can run. Everyone's strong. Uh, and then I think you know you have the instinct part, but there's a huge element of getting plugged into the right system. And if you can get into the right system and, and the right timing, uh, that sort of you know this is if you think about Bill Belichick, this is what people always praise him, right? He fits guys. He finds guys that fit the system. And so I think a lot of times you'll see a player, linebacker, whatever it is, and he'll excel with the team, and then he'll get a big contract somewhere else and maybe sort of disappear, and that could be a systems thing. So I think a huge part of this is these guys finding coaches you know, that, that fit them into the system and really capitalize on their strengths, you know, the things they do well. So, Rob, I want to talk about the offensive line a little bit. These are, uh, you know, you probably don't necessarily have fond memories of offensive linemen. You probably try to beat up on them all the time. And by the way, what did you think of Joe Thomas's comment, uh, the longtime Cleveland Brown, former uh, NFL guy, who said that uh, offensive defensive linemen are always jealous of offensive linemen, but they're not smart <laughs> enough to play the position. I wondered how you would react to that. I, I react by saying that sounds like something an offensive lineman would say, to be to be perfectly honest with you. I've heard that a million times from John Tate and my other O-line friends who fancy themselves to be the most intellectual of all athletes, which quite frankly couldn't be further from the truth. But having uh, played against Joe Thomas, he could probably say whatever he wants, and I would mostly keep my mouth shut. <laughs> it's funny because uh... – I think it's probably because they are not athletic enough to play defense, right? Is that what you would probably respond to? That? Well, well that, that's what the defensive lineman would say, yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the eternal back and forth, I think. How is John Tate? He was a great player at BYU, obviously a terrific NFL player. How's he, how's he doing? He's doing good, man. He was at my house this uh, last weekend. We watched the BYU game together, and, and we were hanging out. His family came out here. He's... Uh, he lives in the Bay Area, so it's been it's been a sort of a lockdown situation out there, and it's 
And so it's the first I've really gotten to see him. But he's he's doing well, and uh, yeah, he's, he's he's you know he's the best. John's the best. So what do you think of that BYU offensive line? They look pretty good against the teams they're playing. Yeah, they look good. I mean, I'd love to be a running back right now for BYU. It seems like you could plug anyone in there. And uh, you know, I don't know a ton about him, but I know you got some veteran guys. You got Empy up there, and uh, and uh, and Herring which I think I played with like 10 of his brothers at BYU. So, or, or, or parents or whoever it is, it seems like there's always a herring around BYU. But, uh, yeah, they look good. It, it makes a huge difference. You know, on that kind of note, Rob, uh, and you mentioned Tate, and uh, I just remember some of the great offensive lines at, at BYU around your era and before, uh, of course. And, uh, you know, in the latter part of Broncos' career there at, at BYU, they got away from those big dominant offensive lines. And it feels like now with under Grimes, they've gotten back to that. Should it be any is – it, is it any coincidence that this is probably the best team BYU's had for a while? You know, I – I, I don't I don't have any insider information other than I, you know, coached there that one year and I helped with the O line. But I don't think it's I don't think there was ever a philosophical idea of getting away from, you know, big strong athletic offensive linemen. Like I, that just seems like a crazy thought. But I, so I think it's just you you sort of get a group together that that clicks that that uh, you know that that can move well and. Um, and I think that's what you've got going on right here. So I, I don't know if it was much about the coaching as it is. Sometimes you just hit the jackpot and you get the right group of guys working together at the same time. Rob, sometimes people mistakenly think that a group of guys who played at the same school or the same program or the same team, you know, they all get together and have a barbecue in the backyard together or whatnot. You know, there's some camaraderie there. We were talking about Andy Reid yesterday what do you know him have you had any connections with him because of your cougar connection and if you had what do you think of him as a coach because he, he seems like he's pretty smart yeah so i i i have had you know just my few interactions personally with him have been awesome when i was you know when i after i coached one year at byu i knew i didn't really want to coach college but i thought about maybe trying to coach in the nfl and and uh, andy was you know quick to get on the phone with me and talk about it and but you know, I don't I don't know him well. But the guys that I know that know him well, they love him. I mean, he's like he's like a, kind of a father figure. You know, he's got that big smile and he's got this sort of jovial uh, appearance. And and I think he just he gets it right. He's the rare combination of a coach that the players love, they want to play for. He's a whiz, you know, an offensive wizard. And um, <clears throat> I think you know, I think ownership management they bring him in and they let him do things his way. And that's why he's found so much success. But from my experience with Andy, has been super positive. Last thing for me, Robin, Rob Morris with us here on 97.5 and 1280 mm-hmm. The Zone. If uh, if they were to make a movie of your life, who would play <laughs> Hans Olsen? <laughs> oh, it would be the same actor that played, um, that played um, uh, what's his name? Um Oh my goodness! I can't think of it now. So it it would be the same actor that played the the big guy on Goonies, the uh, oh, Chunk. It would be the same actor that played Chunk on Goonies. Yeah, you remember Chunk? 
Yeah, I absolutely remember. That is a great answer. Oh, I don't know if that actually, I don't know if he's still around, but I, I would say Chunk. Uh, Austin just said in our ear, Jeff Cohen. Is that right, Austin? It is, but he grew up to not look anything like he did back then. In the So no. a, an, an adult version of child Jeff Cohen. There you go. Is that there how, Rob, like Rob, who would play you? Well, George Clooney, that's easy. <laughs> of course. Well, Rob, we appreciate you jumping on with us, man. It's always a pleasure uh, to pick your brain. So thanks for uh, for coming on. You bet. Anytime, guys. Thanks, thanks Rob. Rob. The great Rob Morris joining us here to talk a little football and, uh, and other stuff. Did you see what uh, Hassan Whiteside tweeted out after the debate? No, what did he say? He said, uh, I'm going to leave the country. I'm moving to Hawaii. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's uh, foreign territory. Uh, yeah, he he needs to to pick a different uh, 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 chain of islands, I think, if he wants to truly get out of the uh, out of the country. But you know, you don't have to win a geography B to be an NBA player. He was joking, was he? I don't know. I, I just saw was, yeah. I just saw the tweet and I thought, oh, that's 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 incorrect. I think he's kidding. I hope he's. Kidding. I hope he's kidding too. That's why Twitter is such a bad place to express yourself. You think he would like to live in Hawaii? Uh yeah, I could I could see myself living in Hawaii. It's a little expensive, maybe, but uh, yeah, good times. As long as you don't drink milk or drive a car. Yeah, I, I would replace uh, milk with my ties, and I could take the bus. <laughs> what, what do you mean? I don't I don't get uh, it. Milk is very expensive because it's tough to get to the island, yeah, and, and yeah. gasoline's expensive right. too. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that's part and parcel, but uh, it's what you say well, it's part impartial. It's part and parcel to ah. living in Hawaii. Uh, you know, costs a little extra, but uh, it's it, if it's worth it to you, it's worth it to you. Uh, we know you probably wouldn't want to live in Hawaii because you, you already winter there for a month, so you get your fill. <laughs> I went there for a week in January, all right? Every One January. Week. Well, yeah, try to. <laughs> Try to. There are some years I've been there multiple times, uh, but uh, I no, I'm not bragging about it. I'm just saying that uh, I really uh. enjoy it. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Uh. The only time I wouldn't have wanted to be in Hawaii was when uh, they said there was a there was a nuclear warhead headed straight for it. Is it bad of me if I wish you had been there at the time just so you could tell the story on air? It is bad of you. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it cause, wasn't a real warhead. There were problems. Yeah, I know, but people might have thought it was real, and that would be a like, traumatic experience. Let me clarify. At the time that it happened, I didn't sit there and go, oh, I hope Gordon's there. But when it was over, <laughs> I was like, this would have been funny if Gordon had been there. No, the reason I ask is ordinarily you'd think, yeah, Hawaii's terrific, but it, some people might think it's a terrific place to spend the winter or to go on vacation. But some people might get a little, uh, you know, a little pent up being on a a speck of a rock in the middle of the Pacific. My my understanding is, and I don't know why I'm continuing this tangent, but my understanding of Hawaii is there's a there's a lot more downtrodden and not as glamorous places than there are places that people go to visit. Well, <laughs> yeah, Gordon it's a much Barrett. it's a much poorer uh, rock in the ocean than the movies and vacations would have you believe. Well, that's probably the case. For As in, most. it's a tough place to live. Yeah, Gordon doesn't visit those parts, oh. though. Oh, yes, I do. I've, I've been there quite a bit in certain places. A friend of mine has a house 
and, and uh, okay. where just mostly locals are, and it's on a, okay. uh, a, a rougher area of the island, and uh, I, I, I really enjoyed staying there. It's, uh, uh, I do. I feel a little bit of a kinship with uh, folks over there, but uh, I don't know if the feeling is mutual, but uh, that's the way I view it. So I don't just, you know, I stay away from, when I go to Hawaii, man, I don't go to, I don't go to Waikiki or anything like that. I go hide out in the, in the hinterlands, not the hinterlands, but beaches, but in places where, you know, the average tourist might not go. So you're a local? No, I, I don't want to pre- be presumptuous about it, but I, I do like hanging out in the areas where, where yeah where there are locals yeah mm-hmm. now you know, whether they, they whether they would accept me or not I I don't know you know they made a whole South Park episode about uh, people that visit Hawaii and consider themselves locals yeah <laughs> I, was... I I know mahalo I know. <laughs> aloha stay tuned we'll have more big show next ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone.